Welcome to the Compliance Time AML and Financial Crime Podcast. Here, you can learn from compliance experts, enthusiasts and creators who are contributing to the fast-moving and dynamic field of financial compliance. Hello everyone and welcome to Compliance Time. Guest on today's episode is Michael Rasmussen. His success story starts where most entrepreneurs with the legal background begin, with big ideas to serve clients and an industry passion. He is most passionate about assisting US and UK financial services professionals seeking investment advisor registration or acquisition due diligence services in the US or UK. In 2013, he started his career in the securities industry as a regulator with the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority, FINRA. After FINRA, Michael served in senior SEC FINRA consultant positions for several established legal and consulting firms. More recently, he has acted as general counsel and chief compliance officer for several established investment advisors and private fund managers with each institution managing over $1 billion in assets under management. In 2020, Michael leveraged his extensive legal and compliance background to found United Atlantic Legal Services, a law firm exclusively dedicated to assisting US and UK financial services professionals seeking investment advisor organization or acquisition due diligence services as a licensed lawyer in both the US and UK. He is able to uniquely service clients on both sides of the Atlantic Ocean. In addition to that, Michael has routinely served investment advisory firms and private fund managers as a subject matter expert and has provided extensive training regarding developing an existing FINRA SEC matters, including but not limited to fiduciary standards, investment advisor registration, investment advisor compliance, and investment advisor legal and compliance acquisition diligence. In response to the demand for legal compliance training, he founded FinProLaw, a legal and compliance learning platform that provides in-depth coaching services to new and aspiring investment advisor chief compliance officers. And now, without further ado, let's welcome Michael to Compliance Time. Hello, Michael, and welcome to Compliance Time. I am excited to host our discussion today and learn more about a chief compliance officer role and some of the challenges that the investment advisory space is facing. Great. Thanks for having me. Thank you. And uh, to begin, tell us, please, about yourself, um, your career path, and what you currently do. Sure. Um... I'll, I'll try to make this as short as possible, but I graduated law school um, a little over a decade ago and came out of that and joined the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority as one of their um, members of their examination team. So I was heavily focused on the broker-dealer space. I did that for a while before going into private practice where my focus was again on investment advisors and, and broker-dealers. Um, in 2017, I got the opportunity to become a chief compliance officer for the first time in general counsel. And I've been doing that um, ever since. So I have my background is focused on the investment advisor space primarily, but I do have some broker dealer experience as well. 
Can you share with us the most interesting tasks and projects um, landing on the desk of the Chief Compliance Officer? So for me, the, the first thing that was really um, uh, a challenge for me was, you know, getting up to speed and, and learning this industry. I joined a, a relatively small firm, my first stop as a chief compliance officer, but it was a fairly complicated firm. They had a lot of different things going on. And for me, it was that, that steep learning curve. Now, later in my career, what I really enjoy and like doing is helping to train other people in the compliance industry or the legal department uh, to help them on their path to becoming a, a chief compliance officer or general counsel. That's really great. And um, can you please point out to us, maybe some people are not familiar with the investment advising space. What are some of the differences when we talk about traditional finance and compliance and investment advisory space and compliance? Sure. So the investment advisor space, at least in the United States, kind of has its little niche where that is the entity or the individual that's uh, generally telling uh, a client whether or not to buy, hold, or, or sell securities. But they're looking at that client from a fiduciary perspective. And that means that that advice that they're giving that client needs to be in the best interest of the client. They also have some other fiduciary obligations. They have a, a duty of care and a duty of loyalty. And, and generally what that means is that the investment advisor always has to put their interest behind those of the clients. So if there's ever a conflict of interest between the interests of the investment advisor and the interest of the client, the client's interests always have to come first. In addition, uh, compared to some of their other counterparts in the financial services space, uh, broker-dealers, for example, the regulatory scheme around investment advisors is generally one of disclosure, and it's a principle-based uh, regulatory environment, whereas broker-dealers, for example, again, are really rule-driven um, regulatory schemes. So there's very specific rules that broker-dealers run into. They have Obviously, the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority has their very specific rules. Um, but compared to that, we rely very heavily on these principles, the fiduciary obligations when we're talking about investment advisors. That's that, that's interesting. And I, I feel it's a little bit different when it comes to the, um, uh, you know, compliance space in, let's say, uh, a bank that processes payments, right? Um, I, I'm guessing that the red flags and risks associated with the investment advisory space would be different and, um, you know, to detect and prevent money laundering and financial crime, you need to focus on different sets of risk indicators. Is that true? Well, the investment advisor works actually very closely with its partners at, at banks and broker dealers because those entities are uh, heavily regulated when it comes to AML. Investment advisors, less so. When I'm working as a chief compliance officer or general counsel, um, one thing that I really push for my firms to do is make sure that when they're talking to a prospective client or our existing clients is that we have um, a risk analysis of that client. And I'm not, uh, and when I say risk analysis, we're talking about AML issues. 
So for example, if we have a client that is a foreign client from a, a jurisdiction, um, as heavily sanctioned jurisdiction, for example, that client moves up on our, our risk chart. So for if we're opening up an account uh, for a family member, for example, of, of an employee, it's local and, and there's very low risk. Our due diligence that we conduct in the background we do on that particular client is fairly minimal. But again, if we come uh, up the risk chain um, or scale and we're looking at these clients, uh, we will conduct further deeper dive into that due diligence. So it's really not on, not every client receives the same treatment, at least at the firms I'm working at. It's uh, on that risk scale. Yeah, and this makes sense. I mean, the uh, risk factors associated with the client, they should determine the level of review as it um, usually should, as it should be. Um, what are some of the top challenges facing um, invest, uh, that uh, investment advisors uh, are, are facing in terms of compliance? The biggest thing that I see investment advisors struggle with is a disconnect between that fiduciary obligation that I talked about previously and what that really means in practice. Uh, like I mentioned, investment advisors have this principles-based regulation scheme with the overarching fiduciary obligations, the duty of loyalty and duty of care, which a lot of investment advisors are very good at saying those words. But when it comes to, well, what does that mean in actual practice? Uh, things get much more muddled and much more gray. And that's one of the disadvantages to not having very clear cut specific rules and guidance from a regulator is that there's a lot of, or there's oftentimes areas for uh, interpretation and this, this gray area that chief compliance officers and compliance departments have to work in in the investment advisor space. So we'll have uh, our investment advisor employees, those individuals that are actually going out and giving the advice to the clients come to me and say, well, we want to do this. And I'll say, well, we have to consider our fiduciary obligations. And we go through the analysis and it might not be the answer that that investment advisor wants to hear. And they very much want to see a rule, right? They want to see the black letter rule that says we can't do this or it needs to be done this way. And sometimes there is no rule like that. And again, we have to go back to these principles, these, these fiduciary obligations, these duties of loyalty and care and make the analysis on our own and use our best judgments. So I think that's where I struggled at least as an early career uh, chief compliance officer is making those judgment calls and trying to figure out what those obligations really, really meant in, in real life. Yes, because the lack of rules probably makes it more dif difficult to convey the need of the business to comply with certain regulations that are not technically applicable. Is that true? Yeah, and I think the regulators generally um, have, have recognized this. The Securities and Exchange Commission, which uh, regulates investment advisors or most investment advisors, large investment advisors in the United States, um, has started to trend more towards that rules-based regulatory scheme. So for example, um, they've recently proposed a service provider due diligence rule. That, that, that idea had never been 
in place before that there would be specific steps that the SEC would require of firms when it came to their service provider due diligence. Investment advisors had always had to rely on, well, when we're going to do service provider due diligence, what's in the best interest of the client? And again, going back to those fiduciary obligations. So now the regulators have put out some more specific rules. So this is a, this is a mixed blessing um, curse that the investment advisors kind of have brought on themselves as they've told the regulators, well, we have these fiduciary obligations, but, but we don't uh, we disagree with your interpretation of those, so we're going to do it this way, and there's that conflict. So now the regulators, the SEC, has come out and said, well, fine, we're going to give you very specific rules in some areas, and now the investment advisors have to come into alignment with those rules, and um, they're finding out very quickly that uh, sometimes those rules, um, when they're written by the regulators, are much more stringent than what they would have done under those uh, broader fiduciary obligations. So it's this, it's this delicate game that's going back and forth and it's an ever-changing industry, which makes it very interesting, but also very challenging. Um, and how do chief compliance officers balance this internal and external legal regulatory requirement without hampering the investment advisor's growth and profit potential? Like, do you have any kind of advice or best practices to recommend? Yeah, one of the, these ideas that I've heard generally in the compliance department and over my years of doing this, I've, I've sat in on many, many interviews with people that want to become a chief compliance officer or just join a compliance department. And it's, it's, it's this strange idea that they, they come in and they're sitting across from somebody maybe in, the, in a business division. And they're one of the things they've, they almost always say is, you know, I, I don't want to be the department of no, I, I, I try to work with everybody and make things, things happen, which is, which is fine. You always want to be able to work with people, but, there are times that the compliance department, especially the chief compliance officer, has to be able to uh, say no and say it with authority and make sure it actually happens. Uh, there's there's things, there's rules out there. There's these fiduciary obligations, again, that would prohibit investment advisor firm from doing certain things that they may otherwise want to do. And the challenge for new uh, compliance professionals and chief compliance officers in the investment advisor space is that they want people to like them and they want uh, they want to move business forward and they're not willing to put a hard no out there and sometimes that just leads to months of work and um, back and forth on something that was kind of dead on arrival so to speak and should never have been pushed forward so Thankfully, at, at this point in my career, I've, I've worked with a lot of different investment advisors, so I've seen a lot of different business models and how other firms have approached issues and that sort of thing. And that, that perspective obviously takes time to develop and grow. So where a firm says, you know, we want to do this thing, I can say to them confidently, you know, this is in violation of whatever rule or it's in violation of fiduciary obligation. However, I've seen firms approach this issue from this direction and that sort of thing. And maybe you can get to the answer that you want to get to, but it's gonna be look quite a bit different than how you envisioned it in your mind to start with. So it's that, it's kind of like every other industry, I think is just 
getting the experience and working through these issues. So for new chief compliance officers coming in, I, I think oftentimes the ones that, or there's often chief compliance officers struggle where they've only worked for one firm and they've, they've moved themselves up, which is great. But now that firm is growing in different directions and they've never seen it um, these issues before and they've never worked with investment advisors that have tackled those issues. So I think the best chief compliance officers in the investment advisor space generally come from a consulting position uh, where they've worked with hundreds or dozens of other investment advisors and seen how the firms, different firms approach different issues. So hope that answers your question. Yeah, absolutely. And um, what would you, rec- obviously not everyone probably would be coming from the consulting space, but what would you say to people who would like to become chief compliance officers or um, AML a- a- <laughs> Money laundering reporting officers, that, that abbreviation, uh, I, I struggle with it, apparently. So um, what would you recommend for them? How can they prepare? What, what can they focus on maybe if they want to enter in that space? The, the number one thing that I never had, and looking back, I should have been more proactive about finding was a really good mentor in the space. I have uh, had some excellent colleagues and that sort of thing that I've worked with, but I've never had anybody um, until recently that I, I could just approach on different issues, ranging from technical, you know, rule-based issues to, you know, how do you handle these types of inner office politics and that sort of thing. And when you become a chief compliance officer, you're running a department of your firm. It's not like you're just um, an individual that's providing a single function. You have to look at all of the different lines of business that the firm is conducting, understand how all those things interchange with each other, how the firm's meets uh, compliance obligations on a very um, overall arching uh, perspective. And it's not, it's not an easy jump for a lot of people. And it takes a very specific personality to um, step into these types of roles. Again, it goes back to what I had mentioned about being that uh, department of no and that mentality. You don't have to be the department of no, certainly, but you have to be able to say no. And in the appropriate times, you have to be able to back that up and not back down because that's uh, protecting a client or that's protecting your firm. And not everybody is is cut out for that in it took me a while to get comfortable saying no. I, I'm somebody like most people who wants to get along with people and wants, um, you know, wants everybody to like them and that sort of thing. But when you step into that role, there's oftentimes conflict, and especially at firms that are um, in newer or more innovative areas, and there's even less, you know, regulatory guidance. There, it's a lot of interpretation and it's a lot of you know, what do you think is in the best interest of a client and the best interest of your firm? And how do you protect those two things? Um, and that's not always going to make everybody happy. So it'd be really those two things is, do you have a mentor before you become a chief compliance officer or early on in that, in that career cycle where you can have somebody to go to get a new perspective uh, from somebody who's been doing this for 
a long time? And then really, do you have the, the personality to um, put those interests um, of protecting the clients and protecting your firm ahead of really wanting to be liked and wanting to be able to say yes to everybody? Hmm. Absolutely. I think there is a certain art of being able to say no and still be liked <laughs> and get along with the business. So that's certainly a skill that people can focus on um, learning if they are interested in getting into such space. And you mentioned also in the beginning of our discussion that um, you would like to train people um, and um, educate them regarding the, the role of chief compliance officer in the investment advisory space. Um, can you please tell us more details about that? Sure. Um, so one of the projects that I work on on the side is a, a company called FinPro Law. And that uh, company offers courses to early career chief compliance officers. So the the uh, Keystone course that we offer there is uh, a 10-week course, and it's really focused, again, on those early career chief compliance officers. We, we spend a lot of time going over the different uh, rules that investment advisors run into, but the, the, the early focus of that course is on, is this a good fit for you? Is the chief compliance officer role something that is going to make you happy in your career and something you're going to want to do for a long time? We talk about things like contract negotiation, for example, um, all sorts of different uh, areas or aspects of the chief compliance officer role that, that I never uh, thought about when I first jumped in. So we cover a lot of that. And then we focus again in on the fiduciary obligations and, and what that means. So uh, that, that course uh, took us a lot of time to put together and we're really quite proud of it. But it's the sort of course that I wish I had had early in my career, um, even before I took that first chief compliance officer job. And, and it, it raises a lot of questions for people to really think about before they make that jump. That's great. Uh, I'm going to include the link towards the website and the course in the show notes uh, so people can take a look and maybe if they're interested take the course uh, thank you for sharing that with us and uh, we are surely will be excited to share that with our listeners um, and just before we um, conclude we usually ask at the end um, a prediction about the future so from your experience and um, in your view, what does the future of compliance hold? And you can, of course, answer that in, um, in terms of investment advisory or anything that you feel may come up in the future and that uh, people should know about. So the, the one thing that I would say the future of the investment advisor space is actually fairly, when we're talking about compliance, um, is, is uncertain in a couple different aspects. One is technology has, in, in just my career path time, has, has made significant changes in the investment advisor space. Um, so, so technology is a huge issue. I think this uh, shift in the regulatory landscape going again from that kind of principles-based thing, uh, regulatory scheme to the more specific rule-based, I see that trend continuing to happen. So. If you're uh, looking to jump into this space, 
um, you really need to be comfortable with changing technology and a changing regulatory landscape and being able to marry those two things together. So for example, cryptocurrencies and everything that came out just over the last few years with, with that had a significant impact on how investment advisors um, worked with their clients. We had almost every firm that I've worked with has had clients you know, approach them about, should I make this part of my portfolio? Should I not? Is this even a security? Does it fall mm-hmm. within the investment advisor space? There's a whole long list and it's not a simple yes or no. And oftentimes firms are not going to wait for guidance from a regulator before they make a move into a particular space. So you have to be prepared to do a deep analysis of those issues and kind of look into the future and predict about how, how it's going to turn out and Sometimes that's not a very comfortable prediction because you're working with a limited amount of information. So those, those are, I know it's kind of a cliche is that uh, change change is going to be the, the one thing that's certainly going to be happening. But I think if you can stay up to date with those and if you can get excited about the space and growing a business with people, um, you'll, you'll do quite well. Yes, as they say, change is only constant, right? <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but it's true, and it's so uh, true for the compliance space. Um, thank you very much for sh- for sharing with us your experience and um, these predictions. It was really great having you on the show. And um, would you please share with us if it's okay, people, to add you on LinkedIn or how they can reach out to you if they have some more questions. Sure. So uh, FinProLaw is the learning platform. There is a LinkedIn page for that. Otherwise, you can go directly to the website, which is finprolaw.com. Otherwise, you can connect with me directly on LinkedIn. That's Michael Rasmussen. Or you can uh, jump over to our law firm webpage, which is unitedatlanticls.com. Well, thank you very much again for your time and for your participation in Compliance Time. It was lovely talking to you and um, hopefully we'll speak soon again. Yeah, no, I appreciate your time and good luck to everybody out there. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Compliance Time. If you like this episode, remember to give us a five-star review on your platform. You can also support our work on buy me a coffee. Don't forget to subscribe on our website for the monthly newsletter and check out our blog. Bye-bye.